Hello there. My name is David, one of the pastors here, and we are in my office, which is different. Uh, we are in uh, week 12, I think it was around week, week 12 of uh, COVID-19. And uh, where we're at, I mean, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and barring it's not a train, um, I'm really looking forward to us gathering together as a church in person sometime soon. Um, one of the things that we're going to be looking at is, um, is the question uh, and the topic of friendship. And I was thinking about this because typically when I'm preaching, I'm preaching uh, to an empty sanctuary, uh, which is really awkward. And I've mentioned that each time I preach. It's, it's very awkward. Well, it's even more awkward because uh, the topic that we're going to be looking at today is the topic of friendship. I mean, how much more sad could it be to preach in an empty room on the topic of friendship? So I had an idea. I thought, well, why not talk about friendship, what the Bible teaches about friendship, the meaning of friendship? Why not talk about this with a friend? And so that's what we're going to be doing today. We are actually going to talk about the biblical understanding of friendship, but we're going to do it in the context of a video chat with a very good friend of mine. So let me introduce to you my friend. My friend is Dr. Jim Harrell, and I say Dr. Jim Harrell because that's where Jim and I met. We're doing our doctorate. Uh, we're both doing a doctorate of uh, ministry at uh, Gordon-Conwell uh, Seminary in uh, Boston and in Charlotte. And we started this process, oh, over 12 years ago. And um, one of the things that, uh, uh, that I need to tell you about Jim is, is this, is that uh, Jim is the, um, he's the head of an organization called Overseed. And Overseed has a very interesting mission. It's, a, it's, not always an, it's not always easy to explain, but let me try to explain it. And Jim, you can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. But Overseed is a, is a ministry, it's an organization that works to bring about vital growing historic churches in every New England town, uh, reaching communities for Christ. No, 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 let me put it differently. Uh, Overseed works to bring revitalization, to bring life to dying churches. And man, in New England, like there is here, there's a lot of dying churches. And so Overseed looks to strategize different ways to bring life to where there's death. Very cool ministry. Uh, Jim is married to uh, Sharon, who's also a friend, uh, has three adult children and a number of grandchildren. And so um, we're going to, uh, to talk to, uh, to Jim today. Um, I originally had the idea of having subtitles because Jim, he's from Boston. So he's got this Bostonian accent and sometimes it's not easy to understand. But... <laughs> Well, that's and he, he's just taken this. He's not even responded to me. Um, and so what Jim and I are going to do today is we're going to walk through characteristics of friendship. And, and the reason why this is so important is, is more and more studies are showing um, just how lonely our society is, which is ironic given how connected we are. But there's this deep, profound sense of loneliness, especially in the West, which is only being exacerbated by this pandemic. Um, I mean, it's, we struggled with loneliness enough, but now we have to keep social distance from one another. 
And so this issue of friendship, I think, is so important uh, to the church today. And so that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at five characteristics of friendship. Now, a lot of the, uh, the way we're framing this talk is drawn from a very cool book by a guy named Vaughn Roberts, um, a book that he wrote called True Friendship. And so that's what we're going to be drawing from. And so let me pray, and then we're just going to jump right in. Lord, uh, we commit this time to you, and we pray that you would guide our conversation. Lord, friendship is your idea and is such a gift. And we do pray that we would honor you in all that we say about this beautiful gift of friendship. And we ask this not in our own strength, but in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's talk about friendship. Well, one of the first things we need to know about friendship is friendship is God's idea. Uh, we know that God in his very nature is relational. Um, he is uh, a magnificent one, but he's also a glorious we. We know from scripture that God is, is one God in three persons. And uh, our triune God um, invites us into relationship with him and into friendship. And it's interesting, there's a number of passages, if you read through scripture, um, where God talks about people that he deals with as friends. He talks about uh, Moses as, as his friend. Um, we see that in Exodus 33, verse 11. He talks about uh, Abraham as his friend in uh, Isaiah 41, verse 8. We see uh, Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, referring to his followers. He says, you know, I, I, I call you friends. Uh, he refers to them as friends. We see this in Luke 12, as well as John 15. Friendship matters to God. It is his idea, which brings us to our second point, is that um, friendship is not only God's idea, but friendship, a true friendship, is deeply relational. Um, and Jim, I'm going to ask you, help, help us unpack that. When we talk about friendship being deeply relational, what are we talking about? Well, I think in our day and age, we have to realize there's a difference between friending and having a friend, between being friendly and true friendship. You know, friending on social media or being friendly to the grocery store clerk doesn't really involve any depth or it doesn't involve commitment. You know, if, if I don't show up at the grocery store next week, nobody is wondering like, gee, I, I hope Jim's all right. Or if I need someone to move, help me move my house, my first thought isn't, I wonder what the grocery store clerk is doing Saturday morning. I mean, that, that's not the relationship that we have. We're simply friendly. Proverbs 18.24 says, a man of many companions may come to ruin but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so a friend is someone who has your back, someone who's there for you. you. You have the freedom to interrupt their life if you need them. You know, David can call me any time of the day or night if he needs to talk, and I would stop what I'm doing and make time for him. Why? Well, because I care for him. I care about him. If he's not well, then in some sense, neither am I. And, and so the illusion of friending on social media is that we can jump to the conclusion that the people I'm friendly with are my friends, when in truth, they're just being friendly. And the end result is you end up lonely. Ah, yeah. oh, so good. 
it's so good. And, and so, yeah, I mean, so it is, uh, it, it's deeply, deeply relational. And it's, it's interesting, we live in such a culture where because of the influence of social media, a lot of friendship is, is, is um, simply me or simply multiple people speaking outwards, right? Rather than that face-to-face -face, uh, connection. Uh, the, one of the things we were talking about is, uh, is friendship is also um, uh, constant. And we know that, uh, that God in his very nature is constant. His love is constant. His character is constant. Uh, he's the one who never leaves nor forsakes. Um, and, and you and I, we, we, we reflect God's character when we show this kind of constancy as well. And, and we see this in friendship. In Proverbs 27.10, we're warned not to forsake a friend. In, in uh, Proverbs 17.17, 17, it teaches us that a friend loves at all times, right? And so what does this look like practically? What does it mean to be a constant friend? friend and you know, maybe you know let's let's talk a little bit about what what that looks like uh in 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 our friendship so you know what does it mean to be a constant friend oh great question well it certainly doesn't mean that we see each other every day because you know we're on opposite sides of uh north america and so time zones and all of that so i think constant means consistency not necessarily constantly <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and I think it all hinges on being intentional. You have to be intentional if you want deep friendships. I think you have to be intentional in starting the friendship. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but one of our weeks that we were supposed to be together, we had to go to North Carolina, then we had to drive to Georgia and then back to North Carolina. And, you know, we were developing our friendship and I made sure that we drove together because I wanted to have six hours in the car to get to know you and you were cooperative. But then while we drove, I made sure that we talked about increasingly more personal things. So it was asking deeper questions, but it's also answering the questions yourself that there's a reciprocity in terms of depth. So I think it's intentional in starting it. I think it's intentional in keeping it going. Mm -hmm. You know, once we graduated, we easily could have never seen each other again. But, you know, because of technology, we figured out a way to Skype every so often. So I don't know how often we did it, every quarter, something like that. Um, but I think it's also intentional about what we talk about. We like to laugh. We like to joke. But we also want to know how we're doing. You know, we talk about matters of the heart honestly, openly. And I think that's what makes the glue that holds friendship together. Absolutely. I still remember when we were driving back, you're like, do you want to go to Charleston? And which was way out of the way. I was like, yeah, let's go to Charleston. And we, we traveled around. We were looking for this one restaurant. I remember that. That was yeah. fun. Well, the other characteristic, uh, the fourth characteristic of friendship is that uh, true friendship listens and it listens deeply. And again, it reflects the, the heart of God. God is a God who hears the cries of his people. Um, he, he is a God who listens. And so what does this look like in friendship? Well, I think one of the things is that, um, you know, in our friendship, we listen to one another very, very deeply and very carefully. Um, you, you are a very good listener and you'll just keep listening. And, uh, 
and, and vice versa. I mean, we, we, we have some very good conversations where we can just kind of unpack with what's, what's going. And very often we'll say to one another, it's like, can, can I just unload for a second? And we just take it. Um, the other thing is that um, we keep what we hear close to our hearts. And uh, to put it frankly, I mean, friends keep secrets, right? Uh, Proverbs 16, 28, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. Proverbs 17, 9, whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats the matter separates mm -hmm. close friends. And there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than, than sharing something from the heart and then hearing about this very thing that you shared from somebody else. It comes back to you. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. How did that happen? And so friendship, uh, you, you know, we keep secrets. Um, and friendship also gives space uh, for, for you and I to understand one another, not to jump to conclusions, um, to, uh, to not to fill in the blanks. Um, and that's one of the things I love about you, Jim, is that you, when I'm trying to express myself and I'm not sure what I'm going to say, you don't try to fill in the blanks. You just, you just listen. And I think that's the other characteristic about friendship is you give space to one another. And so friendship, just to recap, it's God's idea. It's relational. It's constant. And it's a uh, true friendship is a friendship that listens. But we're talking about Christian friendship here. So lastly, what, what is a characteristic of, of Christian friendship? What does, how does Christian friendship differentiate from other friendships? Um, and I think, you know, that's our last point, that true friendship is Christ-centered. And um, what does that mean? Well, I think there's a fellow who helps us. And you knew uh, that I had to go to church history. Um, there's a guy named uh, Alred of Ribot, uh, we, you know, a household name, uh, from the 12th century, who wrote a book on friendship, uh, called Spiritual Friendship. And he talks about three different kinds of friendships. And uh, the first friendship he talks about, and I'm going to call it, give, give it a different name than he would, um, is buddy friendship. And we all know what buddy friendship is. Um, those are people that, you know, they share common interests with you. So, you know, they're your fishing buddy, your sports buddy, your running buddy, um, your... I don't know. I, women don't call them buddies. Uh, I don't know. What they're <laughs> Your girls night out buddies. I don't know. Uh, but basically it's, it's a friendship where you have a common interest. Um, and, and if you, you know, always play squash with somebody regularly over time, friendships do emerge and there's nothing wrong with it. these are fantastic friendships. I have many of these friendships. Um, and, and the other kind of friendship that Elred talks about is um, business friendships. And these are based on, on mutual benefit. Uh, they're, uh, they're maybe it's through work, through business contacts, and you've been, had this connection for a long period of time and, and friendships emerge again. So there's this mutual benefit that comes out of the friendship, but nevertheless, it's a genuine friendship. So there's the buddy friendship, there's the business friendship, but Elred says they all differentiate from Christ-centered friendships. And uh, Christ-centered friendship is grounded in the mutual love for Jesus. Christ-centered friendship is, is, is rooted in um, this mutual recognition that we are called to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. It is um, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Um, Christ-centered friendship is a willingness to sojourn together, to be on a pilgrimage together, bearing the cross until we reach our final destination. And it's, it's, it's different. I mean, it's what Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another 
and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so uh, when Christ-centered friendships work, man, there is no friendship like it. It's what the ancients called soul friendship. It's, uh, it's what C.S. Lewis describes in one of his letters. I, I love this. He says this. He says, is there any pleasure on earth as great as a circle of Christian friends by a good fire? Mm. Is that, I mean, that's just gold, man. Mm. And so... I mean, you and I, we've seen this in our own lives. So maybe what we can both just share what one example of how this Christ-centered friendship uh, has played out. So, you want to go first? <laughs> well, sure. Well, the, the nice thing about a Christ-centered friendship is you actually have the answers to the problems of life. You can actually speak into the issues your friend is addressing. And it's not just good advice. It's, it's actually the Word of God. And so... I mean, one of the things that Dave and I have been talking about is I've come to the realization that I just live life at a pace that is not sustainable nor healthy. Uh, I basically rush from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed, and God has kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know, stop it. And so I've been working on that, and it's nothing that comes natural. It's kind of a root issue, family of origin thing. And David and I were talking, he says, you know, that reminds me of uh, an early church father, Tertullian. And of course, knowing David, it had to be an early church father. And um, he gave me this quote. And, and the quote is, nothing undertaken with impatience can be done without violence. And that just sounds horrible, but it's true. And as I have reflected on what does it mean to walk with Christ, when my words are not kind, when I'm kind of pushy, whatever the interrelational dynamic is that's unhelpful, it almost always comes back to impatience, a sense of rushing. And so I'm just really grateful that, you know, that I have someone that I can share that with. Uh, now it'll probably be on the whole internet, so I'm dead, but <laughs> that's all right. I'm committed to this. But, you know, to have a friend who can say, hey, here's what the scriptures say. You know, what you're sensing from God, yeah, that is what he wants for you. And then to be able to pray together, I mean, it is just a wonderful gift. Hmm. That's cool. Well, I, I mean, I got so many uh, examples of this. But recently, well, it was about a year ago, you and I um, met up in uh, in England. It was, it was kind of a cool story. But, uh, I, you know, I was, I was wrestling. I was on my sabbatical, and I was wrestling with some pretty important questions. And uh, I remember asking, so Jim, what, what do you think? And, and you said about three or four things right in a row, and, and they spoke right to the soul. And it, they came out of the fact that you knew me, and you also knew the call of the Christian, uh, of our Christian lives. And you spoke in such prophetic way that uh, really had a transformative effect on my life, and, and, and especially when I was wrestling with a very important decision at the time. And you've done that over and over again and you just have a very matter of fact non non-pushy understanding way of doing that and i mean and this is part of the 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 characteristic of a christian friendship is that we spur one another on in our christian walk so where does that lead us well some people might be listening to this uh today and it'd be like well david that sounds really good i wouldn't mind having one of those friends or i wouldn't mind having a christian friendship I, but the issue is you know we are in a lonely world and there's a shortage of friendships so what do i do let me just give you a couple of thoughts just as we conclude one is be discerning 
don't listen to this and say, um, you know, because I really want a friend, I'm going to look for any friend I can possibly have. Um, you need to be discerning because here's the thing, a bad friend is worse than no friend at all because you can go down all sorts of bad avenues with a bad friend. So you be, need to be very discerning. Secondly, you need to be deliberate. Uh, I, you know, I talk to guys all the time and guys will say, I'll say, you know, do you have a close friend? They go, yeah, I've got a close friend. My buddy, where, whoever it is. I say, well, when's the last time you've seen him? Oh, maybe seven years ago. We don't see each other very much, but you know, we kind of pick up where we, I'm like, dude, you need to spend more time. You need to be way more deliberate than that. If you're seeing your friend every seven years, okay, you may be a friend, but they're not going to help you uh, sustain you and walk in, in your walk with Jesus. Third thing is be interested. Um, if you go into a friendship thinking, what can I get out of this? You're going to be a lousy friend. Um, you go into the friendship with an interest in another person. And uh, I mean, if you look at God's very character, God's very character, he's a self-giving God. He loved the world so much that he gave. And the very nature of God, he's self-giving. And friendship needs to be that. It means it needs, you need to be self-giving in, um, in, in terms of how the questions you ask. So you need to be outward focused. You need to be in, um, intentional in all this. The other thing is you need to be open-handed. I meet people like, well, he's my friend and my friend only, and we have this special bond and nobody else can join. But that's not really the character. That's not the heart of God. God's heart, his, 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 his heart of love is an expansive love. And so friendship always needs to be open-handed. You need to always be willing to invite someone into your circle of friends. Um, and, and Jim and I, we experienced that just recently because uh, I have a, a very good friend of mine, um, my friend Nigel, in England, and uh, and Jim and I had a chance to uh, to spend time with him uh, last year. And uh, Jim and Sharon went over and visited Nigel. Nigel took them in, and then I surprised them and showed up. and And so this friendship, which was two, has now become three. And I think that's a, that's the very nature of friendship. It needs to be expansive, which leads to the final point. You need to be committed to the long haul. It's easy for friendships to fizzle away. But here's the thing. You try to go through life, especially the Christian life alone. Um, there's a word to describe it. You're, you're, you're toast. Um, and I, I recently I was teaching on Pilgrim's Progress. And, and Bunyan, uh, John Bunyan, when he writes Pilgrim's Progress, his whole point is saying, you're not going to make it to the celestial city. You're not going to make it to the end if you're going to try to do this alone. And friendship plays very importantly in the story of Pilgrim's Progress. And friendship plays very importantly. If you want to make it to the end, you need to have a Christian friend to walk with you. There's just, and I'm just very, very thankful for my friend Jim and for um, just the impact that this friendship has had upon my own discipleship, but also my own, um, yeah, just, just my life, my marriage, all areas of life. And so yeah, so that's what we wanted to do today is we wanted to talk about friendship. And I was going to ask my friend Jim if you would uh, close in prayer. Sure. Oh, Father, I do thank you that you took the initiative to befriend us. Lord, when we had no thought for you, no interest in you, that you sent your own son uh, to die, to take upon himself our sin, that we might be called your friends. Lord, I thank you for my friendship with David. Lord, I thank you for my friendships in the church. 
Lord, I thank you that even though um, we may not know exactly uh, how to be who we need to be, that your spirit knits hearts together. Lord, I pray uh, for all those listening, Lord, that you would continue to uh, provide relationships. I pray you'd continue to provide points of connection, Lord, where they both love one another, but more particularly, that they stir each other on to love you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so we just thank you for this time. Thanks for the wisdom of your word. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Thanks, man.